0: everybody you've reached the mayfair podcast i'm eric and this is josh it's tuesday june 16th wow you knew the first time yeah you didn't even have to look or I anything crapped. man And we it feels are... like june 16th by the way the weather is nice again
1: <laughs> it's... yeah it's that back i always i don't know ottawa is not a great city for having the same weather for four days in a row or one day in a row really like yeah. you can go
0: 12 hours it'll be
1: different you know yeah, or it'll get, like, really cold, or it'll snow, or... It was brutal. Like, wasn't it just, like, four, like, a day yeah, ago? Yeah, two, yeah, yeah, maybe? I just did the, hey, I'm going over to shorts. And <laughs> then, it, then it was, plus four feels like plus two. You like, can't plan-
0: oh. I, I put on a hoodie to come here today, and I took it off the second I stepped outside. But I didn't want to walk upstairs again, you know, so it's just well, like... Well, that's always the best thing, is,
1: <laughs> is the two polar opposites of hot and cold in this country or city... <laughs> Of sometimes you'll you know, the day before was minus forty, and then all of a sudden you go outside and you're walking down the street and you get two or three blocks and you're like, I've got too many clothes on. Yeah. And it's too late to retreat back home. I
0: hate that. That's why you need one of those solid backpacks that you can just revolve whatever you're
1: wearing in and out of. But it's so funny. Weather is not the most exciting conversation. <laughs> we haven't talked about it in a while though. So I mean but I visited San Diego a couple times, and it's so interesting to see how human beings were all the exact same. Mm-hmm are so different depending on where they were raised for weather definitely because i was doing this thing san diego comic-con has this big blood drive which is really great because nerds are pretty good about being charitable and they were doing this fun thing where the first x amount of people got a buffy the vampire slayer action figure for Mm. donating blood nice and then after that you would get you know san diego t-shirts or comic books or whatever after
0: that you get the satisfaction of helping people (laughs) you're like i wanted a figure
1: oh i don't want to (laughs) just help people yeah this sucks so I was small talking with the person taking my blood and they weren't joking around. They were being serious. They were doing the cliche small talk of weather to a stranger you basically. Yeah, and they said if I'm remembering this right, I'm bad with numbers and the translation of Canadian to American weather. But I think they said, "Yeah, it's going up to 70 or maybe I said, "Oh, it's going down to 72 tomorrow, which is crazy." So I may wear a sweater because they're used to 74. I think it's 74, where if you look at a seven-day weather forecast on like the weather network in San Diego, it's just 74, 74, 74. So for them, going down one or two degrees is a staggering thing yeah whereas in ottawa it might be zero or minus 10 and you're like ah that's kind of the same
0: yeah it's weird the nights are weird because like it, when when i go to la to visit my friend is like he's from canada so like right. he's kind of used to you know when it's nights or whatever but like it, it's kind of like that people are like oh is it gonna get cold at night you know you're gonna have to wear a sweater you're like you're like well what does that mean what is what is cold you know like it's not because for yeah. us and it, it was actually it was great like that was Probably, weather-wise, the best time I had in LA was later on in the evening, because it was just, it was like Canada, you know, it was like June evening or something, you know?
1: Yeah, I was, years ago, sitting on a fancy Hollywood kind of coffee shop restaurant patio with a friend of mine, like Big Shots, and it was so hot, and a little while into the lunch, he goes, are you okay? Because I didn't realize it, but I was about to swoon, like, I was about to go... (laughs) Because I just, I'm not good in heat. Like, I'm never going to be somebody who lays on a beach to do that nah, for fun. That, that would kill me, literally. But then you see some people who, you'll be walking around in shorts and a t-shirt, and if that's a Floridian, they might be wearing a hoodie and pants and a scarf. Yeah. It's so weird. Yeah, it's funny. I don't really understand. And, and you know, a lot of these people will
0: never visit Canada. Like, you know, yeah. maybe not deliberately or whatever, but it's just not going to happen. So, yeah, it is it is pretty fascinating. And I kind of like... A lot of people say that about, is it Minnesota, I think, that where their winters are cold. Like, it's like Canada, basically. Like, they're oh, yeah. the other north, sort of.
1: Yeah, the whole northern border of the states, you could pretty much take our border and move it down. Yeah. And it would, because they, they get snow and have <laughs> hockey teams and have funny accents. Yeah. And, like, they're all, they're very similar. Like, the difference between Seattle and Vancouver, and I mean no insult to either city, because sometimes people get like, my city's <laughs> better than your city. They're the same city. Yeah. Like, they look the same. They feel the same. They're coffee freaks. They're kind of outdoorsy, you know, and just because they're both not that far from each other, mm-hmm. and I think politically kind of similar. Like you're, you're not going to find. I believe around the borders is what's all kind of the the left wing Obama lovers. Yeah, and all in the middle is, and I think Florida is the exception. Florida is the weird kind of yeah outlier and they do so much like filming up there that it's basically
0: the states anyway you know like all the people going between the u.s and vancouver yeah. it's just like it's kind of its
1: own thing almost oh yeah well it's interesting too that where once upon a time hollywood was hollywood like even as as little ago as when we were kids that was where movies came from that's mm-hmm. where tv came from that's where game shows were everything was it was very hollywood was a was a tourist destination for that. Studio City and all that. Yeah, and and not anymore. I've heard a number of stories of people who live in LA. Your friend might be able to comment on that, but they don't feel like they're living anywhere weird or different or filled with celebrities. Because nowadays, I mean, as we speak, there's more more shooting of major film and television in Toronto and Vancouver and New York and Atlanta. Mm Mm-hmm than in Hollywood. Yeah. Like for Star Trek, the, this kind of new resurgence of Star Trek in television, it's all being done in Toronto. Yeah. And all the DC comic stuff, Supergirl, Batwoman, Flash, that's all in Vancouver. All the Marvel movies are all in Atlanta, I believe. Atlanta's a really unsung one. Like people never yeah.
0: talk about it when they're talking about filming and stuff, but there's so many random ones. Even like, you know, I was watching Sleepaway Camp uh, 2 and 3. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was in Atlanta, I think, I'm pretty sure. And it's just such a random thing where I was like, what like you wouldn't expect i don't know why i would be thinking of that but yeah like it's weird to think of atlanta
1: as a major hub for shooting but it really is i heard this really interesting thing if i'm getting this story right is in the area and i think right in the same area it's like marvel comics land walking dead and tyler perry land like tyler perry has his own like
0: three-studio lot, I believe. Yeah, because Walking Dead was like Georgia, I think, or, something. Yeah. or at least some, there was that little town that they were shooting in there near Georgia, I think, which I, I totally forgot about that. So
1: now there's actors <clears throat> moving to Atlanta, because even if you're a character actor, you can pull off being in a few episodes of Walking Dead, then going to be in a Tyler Perry movie, and then going to be in a Marvel movie, and then going to something else that's coming to town. So there's this community there now, and they have a, whatever, like a Home Depot or something right around there. Mm-hmm. And it's essentially a movie magic Home Depot. Where <laughs> like all prop section. Yeah, all the, all the production designers and people building sets and everything, they'll have their company card or whatever. Wow. And most of that money from something that people would think of as a kind of normal place for other cities, mm-hmm. it's a movie lot, essentially. Yeah, so it's really interesting how once Hollywood was Hooray for Hollywood. And now there's still stuff there for sure, mm-hmm. but way less. Well, it's, it's probably pretty
0: expensive there too. Like if you're, you're actually shooting, I imagine that must be part of it. If, if you're weighing the pros and cons, you're like, so. okay, we can shoot in beautiful downtown Hollywood, you know, cliche, or we can spend maybe not half, but you know, anything you can save, especially geez, like, I mean, that was pre
1: COVID. Like just imagine now trying yeah. to cut costs and anything like that. You know, I think that was a big fight that Schwarzenegger, who was the, most unrepublican republican yeah kind of ever but i think that was one of his big fights was trying to get more tax breaks in california because that's what's killing them because i don't know the exact numbers but atlanta and vancouver and toronto places like that have really big tax breaks mm-hmm. so i remember of all people i remember it was the fairly brothers on a podcast talking about the cinematic masterpiece that was dumb and dumber 2 that didn't turn Jeez. out too well, well in the long that's run. That's not where I thought you were going. No, really, I really thought you were going to say Green Book for some reason. No, and yeah, yeah. No, I don't know my audience. But whichever fairly I was listening to said <laughs> that their budget was decent for nowadays, but not $100 million for Dumb and Dumber 2. Yeah, you know, like Jim Carrey didn't get $25 million for No, that, like say the budget was 40000000 million. I'm just mm-hmm. making that up. Yeah. But they went to Atlanta randomly. They could have shot it anywhere because that was right around the time where these tax break things were happening. And it was some enormous number, like like 40% tax break. So he said, all of a sudden, that $40 million movie, it meant we could afford a couple more big-name actors. We could afford bigger production design. Mm-hmm. We could afford some more music, all this kind of stuff. So I can't <laughs> imagine a major city not just... Saying, like, yeah, we got to give. Probably should have bought a better script, but, yeah. I mean, what are you going to do? Oh, Dumb and Dumber That's
0: the really low-hanging fruit there. I'm not even trying. I didn't hate it, but, you know, it's, like, it's one of those things. I'm sure that they were getting back-end on that. Like, like Jim oh, Carrey yeah. probably got $10 million and If whatever. that had been
1: a hit, Jim Carrey would have got a ton of money off of it.
0: And I think, that, you know, I think they honestly did it mainly for fun. I mean,
1: sure, it was for money, but, I mean, they wouldn't do it if they weren't enjoying hanging out with each other and stuff. Oh, yeah. I think... At a certain point, it's not fair for, because there's a big misconception that if you're a celebrity or an actor, you got money. And that's not true. <laughs> no. Even if you're someone who you think, like, I know that character actor's name, they still have to work. Like, yeah. every once in a while, you'll see somebody in a commercial or a movie or a TV show, and you're like, wow, why did they do that? And they're like, because they need to pay their mortgage yeah. in an expensive city. But I think it's fair at a certain point, And I believe a lot of actors do this, like your Tom Hanks's, mm-hmm. they don't get paid ever. Like, Tom Hanks is doing a movie, and if he does one of his, like, kind of smaller films, he's essentially getting scale. Right. And if he's doing a bigger film, he'll get money off the back end on that and he's probably
0: getting producing credit for some of that stuff as well you know? yeah
1: get a paycheck out of that as well it, yeah
0: it's so weird to think about that yeah because it's like this interesting tightrope in between because some of that is a gamble like you know you're not always going to get the Jack Nicholson deal where that oh, pays yeah. you off forever because I think about that too these like I don't know John Carter or Myers or some some kind of like thing that maybe they thought would be big and so you're like okay well I'll take 5 million, but then I'll take, you know, 10% of whatever. And right. then it ends up being like Nothing. negative money or something. <laughs> yeah. Like that's got to be one of the worst feelings where you're just like, ah, oh, come on, fingers crossed. I want this to do well because I'm in it, but also because it's going to literally pay me. But then it doesn't. Yeah, no. And then you're screwed because you lost the money and it tarnished your name, perhaps. And
1: I have heard Hollywood, you know, because it's, we all know, horrible. <laughs> that I've heard people making jokes of that. Like your big Tom Hanks type actors making jokes about that where they'll be owed some back end, Mm -hmm. but then technically not breaking rules, the studio will go, oh, well, we actually lost a bunch of money that year, which is true because they say, we lost money on these five movies, but then they also had like a Harry Potter or a Avengers or whatever. So you could always point at something and say, oh, we lost a lot of money, so we can't pay you this just yet. We can pay you this little bit. And so they've got excellent lawyers and accountants who always make sure yeah. that you will get as little as possible There's, it's
0: so weird to hear stories like that because I, I remember that, like i can't even, i don't have an example right now but i remember reading about stuff that for sure made money oh yeah and the studio is like oh we haven't broken even yet yeah and you're like that how's that possible yeah. i mean i believe to a degree for certain things you know because it's gonna a marvel movie's gonna need 100 million in advertising or whatever like absurd numbers but y- you're making
1: billion or I think, too, Like they're smart enough or evil enough to put things in different camps. Yeah. So, like, their advertising, their production, their what you would call home video or streaming is all different. Sometimes they're different company names, even.
0: Like, it's the same company, but they just call it a different thing.
1: Yeah, so, a movie like Dread, they'll be like, oh, it was a big flop in the cinemas, (laughs) but it made a bunch of money because loyal fans bought the Blu-rays and stuff like that. But carl urban won't get any extra money they'll be like oh no your movie cost 50 million and only made 30 so we got to make that up still
0: that's interesting too because like some of the contracts obviously factor that in where they're like oh you get a percent of the gross but not of the blu-ray sales yeah you get the theater gross which didn't do well at all but we made money on this but you don't get that like i'm sure that must happen as well you're just sort of like okay
1: the semantics of this are killing me it's like the legendary story of little george lucas saying can I have the merchandising and the action figure rights? And they're like, sure, George, yeah, you can have yeah. the lunchbox and doll. Yeah, action. the doll and like, money. <laughs> yeah. And they just gave it to him. And then that paid for THX and Lucasfilm God. and all his other movies. And like, just crazy. Because he got all the money off of that. It's really interesting. that I just watched the toys
0: that made us for Ninja Turtles. Oh, that's which I, we were sort of talking about that at, yeah, at one point. Yeah, that's a good
1: show. And and it's it's really
0: interesting. Well, it's called the toys that made us. So Obviously they bring up the toys, but just that element where you're at the early stages where the company's like, oh, maybe we'll take a risk on making these. You know, we'll order 5,000, see how it goes kind of thing. And it's so interesting, these things that you knew blew up later and like He-Man and stuff like that, you know, Star Wars. And it's just this trepidation and these guys are like, ah, yeah, I don't know. This is really kind of an unknown quality. And you're like, do it, do it, you (laughs) idiot. It's going to be
1: huge. And I don't think, save for Empire Strikes Back, I don't think George was ever guilty of putting in characters... To sell toys, because I don't think he was like, you know, what's going to sell, Lobot. But you <laughs> well, didn't know Lee at the time. Yeah. So <laughs> but Kenner was really great at just making these bonkers, obscure. I think for the first time that never happened before. Yeah. Of just they're not just making your four heroes and four villains. Like everybody gets a toy. And I'm curious, what was the first movie made where somebody came in with rewrites and mm-hmm. was like, no, you got to add this. I know one example is years later in Batman and Robin, I remember them saying, somebody saying like McDonald's paid so much for product placement and stuff that they went through the script and were like, in the climax, we want a different costume change because we'll be able to put out a different round of Happy Meal toys. Yeah. And then the toy company did the same thing. Like, oh, instead of just having Batman, we'll have Ice Batman as well. In that, the merchandising wing yeah. and McDonald's actually instigated a rewrite for the least popular. Batman for that movie. movie, it didn't work very well. <laughs> I don't know how many action figures that movie sold. God, but so that does happen.
0: Yeah, you know it is funny because some people would argue that Return of the Jedi. You know, you can go back and forth on what was. Deliberate, you know, for kids right. or what was not. But I mean, because like, it's weird though, because like, I mean, I was born in 82. And so the Ewoks, when I was a kid, like, I, I liked them. I watched the cartoon show as well. It's weird because I could totally see people who are my age now, when that came out, being like, oh, what is this kitty crap that's totally put in for figures? But I don't necessarily believe that. And I never felt that at the time or now. So it's interesting. Like, just I, I think a lot of it is perspective. There's always jaded teenagers. Yeah. <laughs> like- and it's just, it's just fun. Like, I didn't find they were over the top because in some of the Prequels it got a little cutesy with stuff I found. Again, you know, I'm biased because I saw this when I was a kid, you know. But I, I never found the Ewoks to be, like, overwhelming in a, in a dumb, kitty way. No, and
1: they've always said they're kids' movies. Yeah. The And same thing, I look at it with the eyes of a kid. Mm-hmm. So I always think it's funny looking back of little me going to see Return of the Jedi at the cinema. thought the Ewoks were awesome. Yeah. But in that same movie theater, there might have been a 17-year-old who was like, Oh, this is ruining Star Wars. (laughs) Yeah, and
0: it's the same with like when we saw Phantom Menace, like was there a six-year-old watching it who thought it was the best that he's ever
1: seen, you know? Well, I think it's funny. A friend of mine who's a big Batman fan does not like Robin. Hmm. And And I tease him about that endlessly, though, because if I'm getting this right, Batman was created in 1939. Robin was created in 1940. So that means wow. he's only got like a year of stories. Jeez, I didn't realize it was that close. Really close, yeah. So and there's tons of Batman stories out there. Yeah. But that's an example where like I think Robin's cool, but in that mythology, yeah. there's people who don't like Robin. So he
0: hates every incarnation of Robin, no I'm pretty matter sure. in, like comics, sixties show movies.
1: He'll probably listen, so I'll probably hear <laughs> about this. But I said, so, but that's fine. Like I'm not saying he's wrong, but in anything, like I have heard intelligent comments on how Goonies People can look at it and go, oh, I can see why kids like it, but it's not a good movie. I can't wrap my mind around that mm-hmm. because when I saw Goonies, I was the exact right age. Yeah. So to me, it's, and I don't even say this ironically or facetiously, it's a masterpiece. I love it. Like I'll hear this song and get goosebumps. Yeah. I haven't it. I just today watched, I'm behind, but I watched Josh Gad's doing these kind of fun YouTube reunion things. This morning I watched one and it's him and it was all the Goonies Richard Donner and Steven Spielberg and Chris Columbus, just a little half hour Zoom reunion show. And he also did Back to the Future and Ghostbusters and maybe another one. So to me, you're never going to convince me Goonies isn't great. Yeah. In the same way that I don't dislike, but I don't love Harry Potter. But someone who saw Harry Potter when they were 10. Or somebody who saw our beloved Space Jam when they were ten. You're not going to talk them out of it. Yeah, it, it is a really funny thing because, like, for
0: me, like, I saw I think I saw Gremlins two when I was younger, but not the first Gremlins. Like, I'm, oh, I'm sure yeah. I was in the room, but like, I wasn't old enough to remember it really. And so, I watched Gremlins for essentially the first time a couple of years, three, four years ago. I did not like it. I did not like it. I thought it was just not good not funny just dumb like I, I I know it's a classic i know everyone loves it i could see why yeah but seeing it as a you know mid-30s man i'm just i just it was not made for me and like i don't yeah. i i like the characters but yeah it just i don't know it's so it's such an interesting thing because i mean i saw a lot of like for me a, a labyrinth was one when i was a kid like loved labyrinth didn't see the dark crystal when i was a kid it's just a, one of those weird you know right 50 50 shots so i saw a dark crystal last year and again, like it was fine, but I didn't, I was just sort of like, that was a movie, you know, like it was just, it, I didn't not like it,
1: but I have no attachment at all. Well, it like compared to TV, like imagine if, like I will watch the Mr. Rogers documentary that we screened a while back mm-hmm. and just, you cry all the way through <laughs> it. And we actually, it was funny, put out tissues for people to cry on their way for, out. Especially for you. Yeah. Oh man. But I haven't watched Mr. Rogers yeah. in what, like 35 years ish. <sighs> But it's still there. It's an attachment. It's nostalgia. It's something about your childhood and family mm-hmm. and all those things. But imagine never hearing about Mr. Rogers and just watching it for the first time when you're 35. Yeah. You're not going to be like, oh, I'm going to watch another episode of that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, well, it's... especially like, because it's, it's just, it's an old
0: white dude. So for a lot of like non-white people as well, you're just like, sorry, what is this? Like, what what, what is happening here? Like, it's just some dude prattling on, like everything's cool. Like,
1: Yeah. So any, <laughs> anything you watched as a kid, if you did not... And you just hit it as a grown-up like some kids are gonna have lovely memories of going to see what's that thing like the wiggles in concert oh, I saw Mr dress up in concert well I mean it wasn't a concert but yeah. you know he was on stage but you're not just gonna go to that if you're like a jaded middle-aged person and I, so I always think it's funny when people get mad about about stuff like that where it's like it's not for you it's okay to move on like mm-hmm. it's okay to like different things it seems in other genres you do like some people might stop reading certain kind of books mm-hmm. or stop listening to certain kind of music, but they really stick to kind of that movie and TV pop culture where they're like, if something changes, they're like, that's the yelling, you ruin my childhood. Yeah. Whereas like, never say never, because it's almost happened a few times. Say a new Jaws movie comes out. Which it will someday, I feel Some, like. Yeah, I'm surprised it hasn't yet. It has but I know to. like... Years back, it was it was circling. Like, yeah. like Kevin Smith was on a screenplay for it. I think they had a director attached. I remember hearing about, I think it was like a remake. You know, stranger things have happened. And I'm not going to say that a Jaws remake or reboot is A, impossible, and B, that it's going to be bad. Right. And if it is terrible, it doesn't take away that other thing you love. Yeah, especially Jaws. We're watching right now late to the game, because I think this might be like two years old now, but we're watching the Netflix Lost in Space. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's really good. Yeah, I only watched that. Not yeah. only is it really good, I would argue it might be better than the previous two incarnations. Yeah, and it's and, and those are so like of their time the
0: first one especially like it's like and and that one's weird too because like it started in black and white and then switched to color in the second season I think and so like that's a real trip like that one I watched because I get like five TV channels over the over the antenna and so that one they used to play among other things Lost in Space and it was just kind of a fun thing to just come on because it's I liked it in that you know the 60s Star Trek Batman kind of way because it's such a porthole to a different world (laughs) like in so many ways
1: oh yeah I never get angry about that where it's like I'm not a fan of Michael Bay's Transformers movies, mm-hmm. but it doesn't take away that I really love the 80s animated film. Yeah. And I have some toys. Like, well, and, and my perspective too is like with Jaws, especially it's like,
0: how can it be worse than Jaws 3? Or <laughs> yeah. J- like most would say Jaws 4, but I find that entertaining in a dumb way. Like yeah. whereas 3, I just found kind of boring. But like what they ought to do is just straight up do a mid-budget version of Quint's story and just do a prequel.
1: Yeah, that'd be cool. I like, heard about that because like that's
0: real like, yeah exactly and yeah, it's I, like uss heard, indianapolis with nick cage was essentially that story but obviously better because it had nick cage in it but
1: or if they kind of go like i'm so surprised they didn't even do this now that i think about it but go like jurassic world or jumanji or what they're doing with the upcoming honey i shrunk the kids movie mm-hmm. where it's a standalone like if you've never seen any of the other ones so for a 12 year old who to them an old jurassic park movie or an old jumanji movie is just like they don't want to watch that that's their parents jumanji yeah do that with Jaws if they were going to like, not a remake, not really a sequel, just kind of another shark movie. They could have some kind of thing where it's taking place. Like it could be somebody's grandson is a character in it or something. Like they could do something, or, so you know, know, or do you go full art house and do like Swage and it's like all back like like a <laughs> yeah. Memento
0: or something and it's all like some weird art house thing.
1: If you said we're doing another shark movie, we're calling it Jaws again. <laughs> <laughs> Jaws, Jaws is still <laughs> You know we've got this great creative team on it and these great actors in it. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. I'm I, that's fine by me. <laughs> Jaws harder. Like, yeah, I don't know.
0: I don't like this. Jaws Hard with a vengeance. <laughs> Jaws with uh, a vengeance. Man, these are all great, great ideas. Great ideas. So I just love. I love shark movies. So I mean, it's it, there's a little bit like zombie movies where after you see it, you're like okay well what more can they do with this or what different thing can they do with this but there, there's always something you know there's always something you don't think about and even if it's a a silly aspect where it's something like oh you know there's a flooded grocery store and there's two sharks in it and people are trying to get it, <laughs> yeah. stuff like that you know which bait 3d that was a pretty good those that, that was a good shark movie a- again that's a different scale good movie versus good shark movie because there are <laughs> yeah. so few because that's the thing like there's like three or four good shark movies. And I mean, like, Jaws is like the Beatles of shark movies, so you barely even mention it, but...
1: It's funny. I retweeted, somebody posted a bunch of Jaws ripoff posters, and then I retweeted that and put up four more that they didn't put up. Yeah. There's so many. You can go on forever. Oh, my God. And, and it all came out in a very small period of time. Yeah. Like, within five years after Jaws, there was Orca.
0: And there was Piranha. Oh, my Great White, uh, a.k.a. The Last Shark, with the one that uh, they sued in uh, oh, 82, yeah. I think it was. We're, we have Vic Morrow even, I think. There's so many. <laughs> yeah, and that one's that one's never come out because it literally rips footage from the Jaws movies. And Cruel Jaws, that's another one. And that one's interesting because Screen Factory announced it and then it got pulled mysteriously because of like footage reasons and stuff. But Severin has announced it. So, for, like, for this year. So, it's one of these hilarious, like, who, who's going to blink first? <laughs> and really, when it
1: comes to it, like, if somebody wanted to and bought the brand or made a deal with Universal, like, I don't know who produced Meg, but really, what's stopping the movie Meg from being called Jaws Meg? Like yeah. you could do that. Yeah, it's and and that's another thing. Like, are we gonna get another Meg
0: movie? Like, that was another one of those ones that was like it cost so much, but it made money. But did it make money? I, you know,
1: like yeah, I think nowadays to get a sequel, unless you're lucky, you got to make money. Yeah, <laughs> you got to make a lot of money. Yeah, and that one was just oh, the the I think it was like a
0: two hundred million dollar budget or something. It was a lot. I mean, it looked good. I mean, considering like it's the best looking giant shark movie they've ever made. If yeah, that's, <laughs> if that yeah. sells it for you, but. I, I really enjoyed. Uh, I enjoyed the Meg. You know, like it's not my my expectations are kind of low when it comes to shark films in general. You know, there's some there's some real good ones. The The Reef. That's a real real good shark flick. Highly I recommended. I haven't seen that. Yeah, you should.
1: The Australian. That's that's I think the second best shark movie ever made. So let's chat about something that will affect <laughs> Mayfair Land. Just an interesting bit of trivia that folks might have been on top of the last couple of days. So the Oscars is postponing until April. So that's. A month later than traditionally and two months later than the last few years. They went back up to like February, but usually... I remember yeah. it used to be March, but... Yeah. So they'll be in April. They've negated the calendar year. So now, if I if I read this right, you can have a movie be released as late as February 28th. That's the cutoff. February 28th, okay. Which is around the time the Oscars would have been. Yes, yeah. So, I mean, and it's so... You think about dates, it's such a funny thing. Like, mm-hmm. it's a funny thing to say this is my favorite movie of this year because that's the difference oh, between man. a December 31st release and a January 1st oh, yeah, release. Yeah, like, some people see these in festivals, and so that's oh, the whole yeah. debate. They're like, oh, when did it
0: come out? Like, oh, that's not 2018, that's 2019.
1: You're I like, well, always I did see say, it until 2019. And not just <laughs> with the last decade of my Mayfair affiliation, but I can't make a best list at the end of the year. No, it's too hard. Because most movies, especially all the Oscar boosts and stuff, I see in yeah. January, February, March. So it's hard to make a best list when all these Oscar movies are released right at the end of the year. Mm -hmm. So that means now that I think a lot of these movies that traditionally would have been released in December, now they'll just have a little bit more of a playing field. Mm -hmm. So that happened. And something I really like, on top of all the good things they're attempting to do by putting a more diverse community on the board at the Oscars, more members who aren't just a bunch of old white dudes. Yeah. So they've done that the last little while. They've gone back to saying 10 films for best picture. It's always going to be 10 films. Forever. Forever. Okay. And I looked until they change their mind again. That's true. I looked this up and it's been a long time. It was like, if I got this right, the first two years they did, it was 2010 and 2011. That long ago. And they actually had 10 in the thing. Every year since then, it's been, I think as low as seven, but like seven, eight or nine movies. Yeah. I've been explained why they do that. It's mathematical where they say, here's the 100 movies that are eligible. We've whittled it down to this 100. Everybody go vote. Okay, the top seven have this much, and then eight, nine, and 10 only have 3% each, and you have to be over 10% to get nominated. So that's why they do it. There's a mathematical reasoning. But even as you always say, it's like, isn't it better business just to show more movies? Because it's like (laughs) the Oscars is just... Almost like a lot of things in life, you know, like money's not real. It's you're just right. printed. It's ones and zeros. It's paper. So nominations aren't real. It's a, it's a, it's a, uh, a popularity contest. It's a luck of the draw. It's, yeah. it's, you have more money for advertising, but why not do 10? Cause if you're in the business of selling movies, if you're in the business of promoting movies, mm-hmm. that's what the Academy is. Just do 10 every year. I remember a couple years ago, if I'm remembering this right, I might be messing this up, but there was one year where they got eight nominations for best picture. And deservedly, everyone was like, oh, a bunch of white movies again. (laughs) And I think that year, it was two movies I really loved. It was Creed and Dope. I might got that wrong, but I think it was those two movies. Both great. And I was like, if they would have had 10 and put those two movies in there, a bit more diversity.
0: Yeah, because Stallone was up. And I I think it, it might have been up for maybe one
1: more. I think that was another thing. They were like, the only person who got a nomination in creed was the white dude established white actor (laughs) who's won an oscar before (laughs) yeah where it could have at least got another actor nomination a director nomination a film nomination so yeah so i think that's a good idea like just do 10 all the time yeah and it advertises 10 movies there's a lot of people out there who only go to oscar-nominated movies or sadly down the line i mean video stores don't really exist anymore but once upon a time they'd put on the box like oscar nominee yeah
0: and we would know more than the average person too because like that happens all the time where where once we get an oscar-nominated thing people are like oh it's up for oscars and then th- those are always busy yeah and it's just it doesn't matter what it is what it's about it, it was up for an oscar so people will come you know and then it's some
1: prude who walks out of call me by your name or uh, <laughs> uh there, there's something. a few i can't remember yeah like it's always my favorite that was not what i expected yeah that, how dare they
0: in that Birdman oh. movie was crazy oh, or the, the Kitchen it was not Oscar oh, yeah. I remember people walking out of that they were like that story about women in organized crime had crime in it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, th- I thought this was going to be a lighthearted comedy I am shocked shocked <laughs> that was Oh, man. And that made me want to watch the movie more because yeah, there was someone like, was like, I was so graphic. And then I ended like, up seeing I like, it. I was like, that wasn't that graphic.
1: I like going to movies blind as well. But you <laughs> know, you think you get some semblance of like, oh, yeah, that's what this is about. Yeah, but it's no. not. I mean, I, I didn't pay attention to the ads
0: too much. So I don't know if they sold it as a like, oh, Melissa McCarthy and Sandra Bullock like, yucking yeah. it up in
1: the kitchen. So speaking of Oscar caliber films. We have another... I didn't think they would be doing so many of these, but we're going to keep on riding their coattails. Why not? 36 Chambers is doing another screening, and they're kind of swapping up genres this time instead of doing and a... And hosts, too. And hosts, too, yeah. So instead of doing a kind of grindhouse martial arts, they're doing Petey Wheatstraw. Right. Which, which is kind of grindhouse-y. Totally grindhouse. Yeah, but I, just, I haven't actually seen it. I haven't seen it either, but I think it classifies as a... Horror film kind of. It's hard to
0: tell. Like the poster leads you to believe that it is, but
1: like I can't imagine. Like a black exploitation horror film, or like a dark comedy might be. Dark even. comedy. Like, yeah. I don't know. If you're not in the know, this is a <laughs> <Like> film <us. laughs> from. If you saw, we had the movie Dolomite is my name a little while back with Eddie Murphy. So this is a real movie from that character from that world. This one's going to be hosted by. Donnell Rawlings, who a lot of us know from Chappelle's Show, and he was he was a guest uh, last week for yeah. chess boxing
0: chest boxing. Jeez, that's not right. <laughs> yeah. Chess boxing. And he yeah he came out, he was uh, in Cleveland. He had just done a comedy set and then was on the phone. And it was so funny because he was just riffing with Rizzo, like it was just like two buddies uh, that hadn't talked in a while. Yeah, and it was it was so funny because you are like, should we be here? Like they were just going. It was so yeah. funny. I imagine it's going to be a really entertaining screening.
1: And they're neat events. I kind of commented before about how i've relearned of like oh this is why people like sports mm-hmm. because in this it was something where you you're locked down you gotta tune in you can't pause it yeah it's happening as it's happening so you can ask a question or whatever and it is despite it being weird old grindhouse movies in this sense there is a community to it and it's nice it's that feeling of oh we're a bunch of film nerds getting together to do this and if you looked at Riz's or 36 Chambers Twitter feed afterward it was very positive there's all these people saying like it was so nice for me to be in New York and my brother to be in Seattle and we both watched this at the same time Mm -hmm. and and so it is this weird silver lining of these stuck at home screenings that are happening right now.
0: Yeah, because there was questions from all over the place. So yeah. it was it was kind of neat. They didn't ask my question in the second I, I kind of waited too long. Bastards. And I almost mainly asked it because I knew that you were also watching, and I thought it'd be hilarious uh-huh. if they if they shouted out Mayfair while you were there, and I'll be like, "See, I did it!" But someone yeah. else kind of they
1: talked, uh, or they, they kind of answered my question inadvertently. So right. I was like, "Ah, well, that that screwed me over on that one." I almost thought we were going to get a shout out because one of the co hosts who I've been in contact with said it's so nice seeing some people doing black lives matters kind of marquees and posters i'm like oh he's talking about us yeah he didn't say mayfair specifically i almost think it's like it might have been us
0: it's kind of like maybe in the podcast where we're always like oh yeah we'll talk about this and then we just get going oh for sure (laughs) and
1: then stuff happens and you're like oh man there was no we had another three hours worth of stuff to talk about yeah and then six weeks goes by you realize you still haven't brought up something you meant to talk about ages ago but but that's every
0: week basically every week yeah
1: like i I try not to make too many notes, but sometimes I've started to just because I'm like, I'm going to forget. For sure. And like right now on my notepad, I just, I'll do a quick recommendation before we wrap things up. I really like this podcast, not new, new. I found out about it a little late. It's called Team Deacons and it's Roger Deacons and Company. I really thought this was a religious podcast. You to where it's like two young deacons from a church (laughs) and they're like, hey, sit down and rap with God. Roger Deacons is the cinematographer who was nominated a hundred times you could have stopped at he's the cinematographer basically and then after this crazy long drought like i think it was something like 20 nominations or 25 nominations (laughs) last year he got an award for blade runner is that right or a couple years ago he got one for blade runner and then this year he got one for 1917 so after a long drought now he has two oscars so this team deacons podcast is just i've only listened to one but i think they just kind of pick a thing where it's directors sound editors so this one was about animation and they talked with Pete Ramsey, who was one of the directors on Into the Spider-Verse. And it's a really cool kind of inside baseball podcast. But even if you're not an aspiring filmmaker or a cinema owner, it's uh, it's just really interesting stories about people making movies. Yeah, And especially you, you listen to Pete Ramsey talk about Spider-Verse and they asked, what was the hardest part? What was the hardest scene? And he was like, he sighed and was like, it was all horrible. Like it was all difficult. <laughs> so yeah, that's if you're looking for a new Podcast. It's 15 episodes in. I'm going to go back now and listen to a bunch of the other ones. But Team Deacons is a, a neat podcast that's out there right now. I rewatched Starship Troopers, which is still great. Yeah. It's
0: my friend's <laughs> favorite movie. So every year she watches on her birthday. So we watched that. But the surprise for me is uh, for Bad Movie Night, I, I, one of the movies I picked was Mort Decai. With the the Johnny Depp one. Yeah. Which actually was pretty funny. Like, I mean, you know, there were some drinks and stuff. I didn't hear every single word, but like, I think it just came out of that unfortunate time where he was in that turmoil and everybody kind of thought he was the worst human being. So I'm not going to say like, it's a great movie or anything like that, but like, he's basically doing Jack Sparrow doing Inspector Clouseau. Right. And so... If you don't, if if you think that doesn't sound good, you probably won't like the movie. But for just, I don't know, I like Johnny Depp, and like I'm glad we can like him still, basically. And he was it was just fun. He was doing a lot of like, you know, like just befuddled stuff. And uh, you know, for a silly movie to watch with friends, I, I was shockingly entertained. And and it's
1: got Goldblum in it. Oh yeah, he Goldblum. He popped up out of nowhere. Oh, I was like, what? It's Goldblum doing Goldblum. Yeah. It's Great. Sometimes I think a movie can never be hindered more than you hearing it's the best thing of all time and then you go see it and you're like oh well i like that or vice versa sometimes it's good for a movie not for it because it you know kills it at the box office or whatever but sometimes you hear just the worst things ever about a movie yeah and then it makes you kind of nicer to it when you watch it and you're like oh that was okay that was good
0: you know because there was a real pile on for that movie like i remember when it came out like i just people seem to hate it it was that and it was paired with Loose Cannons, which was uh Gene Hackman, oh Dan Aykroyd, yeah. buddy cop comedy that and Dumb Deloise that nobody remembers. Like yeah. I sure hadn't heard of it. I mean it, it sucked, but I'm not a big Aykroyd fan. I'm not gonna lie to you. Like he's been finding Things, but I just in general, when he's doing his whole like, he was this was is one of the a... worst acro moves I've ever seen in my life. Buddy cop movie, yeah, basically. And so he's kind of I don't, I, I think he's mildly autistic or something like I, I can't remember if they actually say it, but he's just he's he it's it's it Rain Man as a cop movie. So on almost. a sliding scale of offensive 80s comedies, <sighs> it's like it's
1: so bad. Is it, it like Revenge of the Nerds
0: offensive he, or like... um, well, it's it's offensive in a comedy way in that it's not funny because right. like he's doing he'll, he'll do in like road running he's like meep 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 and he's going around bloop, 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 and he's running around just like doing that and and then he's driving around and he's he's like captain Dilithium lithium crystals oh i'm bones now i'm dr Bones. oh i'm captain kirk and he's just like rapid and you're just like wow this sucks like it's just every awful
1: impression that you could think of i remember that movie just from the back of my nerd brain of, of seeing it on vhs from a video store back when your corner store had 25 movies on the shelf yeah. for a buck 99 each or whatever <laughs> so i've seen it but i can't remember anything about it's it it's awful it's just awful so yeah i just i don't know it,
0: it wasn't awful enough in a good bad way to be great but it's just it's like if you ever didn't like ackroyd like <laughs> I, i'm even ackroyd hates that movie uh, yeah so you know man not recommended at all <laughs> and i like ackroyd just because i like Ghostbusters. <laughs> he he's been in things that are good and he's done things that are good. I just hate when he, like I don't I think he's the kind of guy I can watch doing improv and I'm just like okay, I get it. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> and you uh, know, you know,
1: and he's not he's not maybe the best dude. Some I've, I've heard some stories, but that's a whole other kettle of fish. So let's wrap this up. I will mention that just yesterday it was announced that House of Targ will have their progi delivery coming up. Ooh. So Wednesday, wait, when am I going to post this? The day I post <laughs> this, it'll be back up. So I don't know how long last time it was like getting Rolling Stones tickets like they sold out in 30 seconds. But if you're listening to this around when the June 2020 lockdown COVID stuff is happening, give House of Target a look because they're going to be delivering their beer and pierogies. That's cool. We don't know what's going on. I mean, I didn't even comment on this because it was so hot off the presses, but I think it just got announced that the multiplexes are going to open up on July 3rd. Oh, man. And I can't even comment on that because we don't know what we're doing yet. Yeah. We okay. are thinking about it because like Ian and Lee and I have swapped emails back and forth of just talking about, you know, just stuff of like, but we don't know. We don't Logistics. know what the rule is yet. <laughs> yeah. We have 50 people in or hundred people in, but of opening up all the exits afterwards of figuring out candy bar stuff. Lee said he's getting the plexiglass to put up in the candy bar, Yeah, yeah, all that kind of stuff. So we're, we got wheels in motion, but because we don't have a ABCD, yeah, we're kind of still just standing by man it's confusing. and I, I'm I'm back full time on the on Monday
0: like full-time like I been I did Thursday Friday last week which is my first time and I'm doing Thursday Friday this week yeah and then I'm just back in on Monday I, I like I literally got the email t- yesterday today I don't know a day and then, so it was, yeah. yeah it was yesterday and so yeah I'm just uh, it's very interesting like I, I don't know this this will be our, our last like special Tuesday yeah Hold this
1: on. this might be our last like <laughs> we're able to sneak into the cinema in the afternoon and do a podcast because you're going back to work. I know. Like I'll, I'll have to come from work and that will be a different vibe and whatever. Yeah. Uh,
0: so yeah, Amazing. we're getting closer, closer to yeah. normalcy. Think happy thoughts. Yeah. And maybe you'll see a movie someday for oh real. Oh That'd
1: be so nice. <laughs> I can't wait. So thanks for listening, everybody. Stay tuned to our social medias for up to the second updates. When we know stuff, you'll know stuff. Absolutely keep chatting with us on there as well keep listening and retweeting and doing all that stuff for our podcast always appreciated and we will see you back here at the Mayfair sooner than later yeah yeah as soon as possible Yes. Yeah. <laughs> bye bye everybody bye
0: now we gotta get our sleeping bags and go out in front of Targ waiting for Progies. <laughs> <laughs> we need these
1: take away laser pistol robot you'll pay
0: for this Lando Calrissian
1: Han Solo and other action figures each sold separately
0: check the carbon freezing chain why did you do it the empire tricked me Han. i had no choice prepare for freezing long live the alliance goodbye my friend lando calrissian and han solo ugnot and lovat action figures each sold separately from star wars the empire strikes back collection from kenner